Maritza Rind here, Holistic Life Coach, helping you to bring peace and balance back into your life. I'd like to talk about something that causes a lot of misery in the lives of many people. And I see a lot of this in my private practice, and I've personally had to do a lot of work on myself around this issue. If I had the power to introduce a global law, I would banish this thing. So what am I talking about? The word should. Do you live in the land of should? Do you find yourself doing what you should be doing and not what you want to be doing all the time? Are you the one always doing the right thing by everyone else, so much so that you've lost touch with your innate sense of fun, creativity and spontaneity? Or maybe on the odd occasion you have tried to do what you like, only to find yourself riddled with feelings of guilt. Now we've all been there, and I'm guessing that if you share my background, you know this land very well. I lived there during my younger adult life, always looking happy when really I was stressed and very unhappy, always being hospitable when I just wanted to be alone, always cooking proper meals from scratch even when I was exhausted, cleaning when I really just wanted to sit and watch TV, attending family events when I wanted quiet weekends at home. The list goes on. Now over the years I realised that there's only one road in the land of should. It's a one-way road that leads to misery, anxiety and despair. Now thankfully I left the land of should a long time ago and nowadays I get to visit this miserable place through my work. Now if there's one word that crops up again and again with clients when we're focusing on their unhappiness, it is this word, should. And where there's a should, there's usually guilt just a breath away. I repeatedly see this word linked to feelings of frustration, tension, resentment and powerlessness. I struggle to find any positive uses for this word. The only thing it appears to do is deprive people of their freedom, power and happiness. So what does should mean? A dictionary definition is, and I quote, a word used to indicate obligation, duty or correctness, typically when criticising someone's actions, unquote. That in itself doesn't sound very positive at all. And there are two issues here. There's a matter of shooting on others and the matter of shooting on yourself. So let's talk about shooting on others first. Now I'm guessing we all have people in our lives who think they can should on us. You know the ones, they spend all their time telling you how you should be behaving, what you should be doing, what you should be eating, what you should be wearing, where you should be going, who you should be hanging around with, even what you should be thinking. Now I don't like being shoulded on, so I try very hard not to should on others. Now when we should on someone else, we impose our beliefs onto them. We don't truly understand where the other person is in their life, the challenges they're experiencing, their experiences to date, or their beliefs and desires. Now fundamentally, shoulding is a matter of power. You strip the other person of their power, and worse still, you try to yield power over them by imposing your beliefs onto them. Now shoulding on someone comes from the position of I'm not okay with you the way you are, I understand your situation better than you do, and I am an authority on this. Now this can be translated as I'm cleverer than you and I know what's best for you. And the subliminal message underneath all this is, you are stupid. Now that's not respectful or empathic. Now is it a surprise that we all instinctively react defensively and negatively to a should? 
Now, the second issue here is the business of shoulding on yourself. Now, this is something I witness a lot of in my work. I should be better. I should really go visit. I should have done X, Y, and Z. Now, I think many of us recognize that pesky little voice in our head, always making us feel bad about ourselves. Now, if we should a lot on ourselves, then chances are that we've been shoulded on so much by others, family, friends, the media, that we've internalized other people's wishes and ideals, and then, worse still, have started to judge ourselves against these wishes and ideals. We've become our own worst enemy. We impose exceptionally high standards of behavior onto ourselves, and then proceed to judge ourselves harshly whenever we fall short. And as the expectations are often unrealistic, this happens quite often. When we use the word should on ourselves, we want things to be different to how they actually are. And furthermore, we feel guilty about them not being that way. This subtly begins to erode our self-image and can, over a period of time, lead to feelings of powerlessness and low self-esteem. We begin to feel bad about ourselves, inadequate, imperfect and unhealthy. A more subtle implication is that we're not taking full responsibility for our own life. We're assessing everything from an external reference point, someone else's opinion on how things should be, as opposed to an internal one on how we want things to be. It's dramatically more useful and powerful to make a decision to do something from a place of genuine desire than from a place of obligation. We're also taken so far away from our true selves because we're living life from someone else's perspective that we lose touch with who we truly are. We no longer know what makes us happy or how to have fun. Our responsibilities begin to feel overwhelming, burdensome and start to weigh us down. We feel tense all the time for no apparent reason. It's hard work keeping up the act. This internal tension creates anxiety and stress. Our power is taken away from us because we're living someone else's life. We begin to feel trapped. We begin to feel despair. We begin to ask ourselves, what is the point of life? What am I getting out of this? We start to resent the people around us. Does anyone even notice or care that I'm sacrificing so much of myself for them? And ultimately, all this culminates in feelings of confusion, anguish and internal turmoil. That's not a good place to find yourself in at any stage of your life. So how did we get into the land of should? For many of us, the root of this issue can be found in our upbringing. We've been given crystal clear instructions on what the expected norms of behaviour are if we are to get any positive regard from anyone. And coupled with the misguided belief that what others think of us is of the utmost importance, we unwittingly walk into the land of should and then can't find a way out. Now I have first-hand experience of this process. As an example, somewhere along the line, I internalised a belief that I should always appear to be happy and accommodating of others, no matter what is going on in my internal or external world. Now how realistic is that? Is it possible for a human being to always be happy, to always be accommodating? I think not. This single misbelief led me to subject myself to a ridiculous amount of pressure, which all eventually culminated in generalised anxiety and panic disorder in my teens and twenties. So how do you get out of the land of should? There are lots of ways of regaining your personal power. 
Simply understanding the process I've just spoken about is enough to raise self-awareness and draw attention to the prevalence of this issue in your life. But if you're looking for something specific you can do, here's a very simple technique that can kickstart the process. So let's use the following example. A friend who is a single parent texts and asks you to look after her four-year-old daughter at the last minute. You had already planned to go out shopping on that day. So number one, notice any feelings of unrest that this request may trigger. Now you may be perfectly content in saying yes or no to this request, in which case there is no problem. But if there is any internal conflict between wanting to go shopping and babysitting, you will experience some sort of negative internal sensation. Number two, if you do notice any tension within yourself, identify the should in the situation. Sometimes you may have to think about it for a moment, but it will be there somewhere. Now in this case, it could simply be, she's my friend, she has no one else and I should help her. Number three, now in your mind, rephrase the statement by replacing the should with a could. She's my friend and I could help her. Can you feel the energetic difference between these two sentences? I should help her feels tight, rigid, almost like being in a straitjacket. There is no room for manoeuvre, no way out, no choice. It leaves you feeling powerless. Whereas I could help her feels very different. It feels lighter, freer, and most importantly, it feels like suddenly there is a choice. There is a real decision to be made. And where there is a decision, there is scope for exercising and reclaiming your personal power. You may still end up saying yes, but this time your decision has come from an empowered place and not a disempowered place. Number four, now spend a moment or two seriously considering the pros and cons of each scenario. So I could help her, she is my friend, she is a single parent, she has no one else to turn to, she's always there for me when I need help, I suppose I could always go shopping tomorrow. Anyway, I like spending time with her daughter, we could go out and have some fun. Okay, I'll say yes. Or, I could help her, but I have an interview on Monday and I don't have anything appropriate to wear. I really need to go shopping. Now, if I'd known earlier in the week, I would have gone then and been free to help today. Now, she may get upset with me, but I'll just have to live with it until it blows over. I'll have to say no. Do you notice the difference the word could made? When we have consciously decided to do something because we have weighed up the advantages and disadvantages, then we're operating in the realms of our power. When we just respond to a should from a place of obligation, we are not. Furthermore, if we do things out of a sense of duty, more often than not, we resent the fact. We resent ourselves for giving in and resent the other person for putting us in that position. Our feelings are always a giveaway. Where there is some sort of internal conflict, you will feel it in your body. Now it can show up as irritation, anger, resentment, anxiety, sadness, despair, guilt and even fear. So next time you feel this kind of tension welling up inside yourself, identify and eliminate the should. It may take a little practice, but it will over time gently escort you out of the land of should and into the land of joy and empowerment. Now there's a lot of truth in the Chinese proverb. Tension is who you think you should be and relaxation is who you are. Okay, that's it for now. Enjoy the rest of your day. 
And remember, stay in your power and take good care of yourself, because we both know that if you don't, no one else will. Bye for now.